Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, Crazy Cool Parents, welcome to the Weekly Rethink. Okay, so summer is coming to a close. And so sad. Well, that's so sad. I for, love summer. For, I do too, but for I some I love getting par- to do nothing in the summer. For some parents, they, it is a very blessed time. Oh yeah, especially with small children. They're like, woohoo! <laughs> yes, let's put them in school. <laughs> Have somebody else entertain them and feed them all day and clean yeah, up after right. them. And... So we were talking about the transition of summer to fall and uh, a topic came up we think is really uh, good to talk to you about parents and that is setting some thoughts, setting some goals of how you're going to connect your kids to God this school year. Thinking about ways to, um, that what if we, what if when we're at this time next summer, your children have all Made a, made a real leap in their relationship with God. How can we do that as parents? What can we do to make that happen? And as we were prepping for this, um, one of the things that uh, you said, Suzanne, that I think that you've done a great job over time is just being informal about it, of not making it a really big deal. And so I want to start with just reading a scripture. Right. Uh, in Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 6 through 9, it says this. It says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. How's that scripture influence? Yeah, so how I translate that is all the time along the way. Like I love it. It's it's sit. Okay. It's when you're resting. It's walk. It's when you're working. It's when going and doing and it's lay down before you go to bed and it's and it's getting up. It's when you wake up. It's along the way. And so how do you connect your kids to God along the way? It's not a big formal. Okay. We're going to sit down, have our quiet time first thing in the morning. It's going to be, I mean, if that's working, that's great, but that can't be the only time. It has to be throughout the day when you're sitting and when you're walking and when you're, I mean, all those different transition times. So, you know, in so many parenting curriculums or whatever, it's like, okay, the church has to play this role. And then we have to have a 7 a.m. Bible study and you have to have a family devotional and all these things that we think we're not doing Really, we it's okay, and it's good to do those things. It's good to have a family Bible study, or it's good to take them to church and all those things. And so I would put those in the category of formal. Um, but don't not do the informal. And the informal is the along the way all the time. Yeah, the things we're going to tell you about today are things that, you know, our children told us the best thing we ever did for them is we just, we, we did it along the way with them. We involved God in their lives, in our lives, in a, in a very informal fashion. So all the ideas, we're going to give you four different things that you can do to to put God into your kids' lives, but they're all based around that Deuteronomy 6 passage, all based around just doing it along the way. Yeah. The first one's this. We want to communicate to them ideas about God. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, Suzanne, you're so good at this, is 
taking God and relating it to where they are like a superhero. Yeah. So like with your little kids in their world today, it's got, or they connect with and relate to superheroes. That's the latest rage, Superman, Batman, they're all out there. And so I hope that's not offensive because God is way more than a superhero. But when you use the words omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, that you're, Kids don't, they don't, need they don't get it. Course. I can't even spell those right. words. So they for sure don't understand all that. But they do understand that when Spider-Man, when, when someone needs help, Spider-Man shows up. And so they do understand that. And so if you go in and you'll say, you know what? God's better than Spider-Man. Yeah. God knows what's going on. He knows what's, he sees what's going on in your heart. And so now you've met them where they are, whoever their superheroes are. For our little girls, and when they were growing up, it was Barney, the purple dinosaur. I know. Barney is not. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> but I would say to them all the time, God is kind and friendly like Barney. God is helpful like Barney so that they would understand that. And so I think y'all's generation has Peppa the pig. I, or I don't, for the little kids. Yeah, for the little kids. Yeah. I'm not real sure what her superpower is, but I'm sure you can get creative and connect God with God is better than Peppa. Yeah, which not only the people they're seeing on TV or whatever, but also like their friends at school. Yes. You know, God's their best friend. Um, you know, how do we treat friends? And what what's God like? You know, just like we have friends at school, we have friends at, at church or whatever then God wants to be our friend as well. So that's so powerful for kids to understand. I mean, they, they, I believe that God's given people in our lives to be best friends, to teach us how to have a relationship with God, with Jesus. I believe that's what it is. And so by all means, use those relationships that your kids have. They come home and they say, oh, I love Sally. She's so amazing. She's a, what do you love about Sally? Well, she's friendly and she, and she's, you know, whatever that is and say, oh, did you know that Jesus is your best friend? And he does that too. He looks out for you. He, you know, Jesus wants you in line next to him or whatever that is. And so what you're doing is you're bringing the um, the idea, this huge concept of an invisible God into the visible through the um, concrete example of a best yeah, friend. Just like you share something with your best friend at school, you share something with Jesus. Oh, that's so good. And you want, when you're excited about something and you want to tell your best friend, well, let's tell Jesus too. Let's make sure Jesus know. you know, Jesus wants to hear about it from your voice too. Or he's that one person you can always trust with your troubles. And he will, and he'll listen and he won't judge and just those things, you know, cause they, so many times friends are judging them. Let's say you got a middle schooler, you know, grade school. It's just so difficult sometimes, but. Or even that lower school when they're mean, you know, your friends are mean, then you can even go in and say, you know what? Jesus is never mean. He's never kind. He, he wants what's best for you all the time. And so now you're building literally an incredible theology yeah. into them that people sometimes are going to let you down, but Jesus never will. Yeah. And so. What you're doing really, parents, is is you're looking for ways to insert God into their lives. I know I tell my kids uh, sometimes, hey, you know what we see about it? It's kind of a trite phrase. What would Jesus do? But, but really think about this. If Jesus were walking in your halls, how would he interact with the kids? If he was a teenager yeah. or whatever, what do you think Jesus would have acted like? And your kids can say, oh, well, 
I need to act like that. I need to think about what Jesus would do to, to interact. So I, um, I, as a kid, I, I hated lunch. I just as a introvert, just to be surrounded in that extrovert scene, did not love it. But I, um, was a teacher a, a couple of years ago and I saw a girl sitting in the cafeteria by herself and my heart just broke for her. And so I went over and I sat down and I said, Hey, how's it going? And she goes, it's going great. And I said, oh, it is. Tell me about it. And she goes, well, I'm just sitting here having lunch with me, with Jesus. I just wanted to scoop her up in this giant hug and say, yes, you've got it. And so if we can teach our kids that Jesus is is their best friend and he's there and he's alive and well, if we can teach them that, then they're not lonely. Then they're not scared. They're not anxious. Like when they're going to take that test, I told my kids all the time, the most important thing you can do is to pray before you take the test. God, please come in and help me. Give me, I would, even, even when I would proctor tests in the school, I would, I would say the prayer, Lord, help supernaturally as, as the answerer of all answers, super supernaturally give these kids the answers that they actually didn't prepare for, you know, or whatever. And they would all laugh and think that was so funny. But just to know that Jesus is here for us all the time. Yeah, that they're never alone. Um, So I'm putting ideas about God into their head this school year. Another one is uh, experiences with God. And, you know, Suzanne, you're just a master at this about intentionally putting experiences uh, into our kids' lives. We, we, as parents, we create spiritual opportunities for our kids because, you know, the world's got all kinds of opportunities is going to hit them. It's well, got so their just, technology. Right. So got, just picture a scale, you know, like those weighing scales and you put like one thing on one side and one on the other. And so if you picture what the world has, the, like you said, technology and what our friends are bringing to the table, what we're maybe seeing in movies, sports. even what teachers are teaching, whatever that is, you put that on one side of the scale and that's representative of the world. And then the other side of the scale, those are your God experiences. And, Parents, we're in charge of those God experiences, getting our kids to church, putting them, getting a Bible study with them, talking about God things, going to a a concert or a Bible study or a prayer night or a praise or worship night or whatever that is. And so the goal is to have on that scale, the goal is to have the God experiences outweigh better than the world experiences. And and we divide them up into... Uh, different categories like uh, there's one-time experiences such as like you know annual church youth camps I mean those are great for kids to go to in the summer and and, and get we've all of our kids have had great experiences with uh, church youth camps uh, um, worship nights uh, maybe a weekend retreat or something like that but there's also weekly experiences it's so hard sometimes to get your kid involved in a youth group, but it is so valuable. If you find a good one, good church, good youth group can be so valuable to do that um, uh, daily. You know, just putting worship in the car on the way to school or, or you know, just saying a prayer or scripture with them before they go to bed. Sometimes it's just parents. Sometimes it's just sharing your own experiences with them. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But And ex- so what that's doing is with each experience, with each God experience that you have, you're putting a marker down in their life. And at some point in time, they can look back and they can connect each of those markers. And when they make that those connections, they now have a journey 
journey that they've gone on with God, that from, from a, a, a church experience to a camp experience, to a worship experience, to a Bible study experience, to a God conversation with you experience, and they've got a foundation built on that now they have God experiences. Yeah, because it's not your experiences, it's their experiences. Yes, and it internalizes yes. their relationship with God so that as they go into high school, they start to develop their own very personal relationship with God. But it starts in, you know, it starts in kindergarten, you know, as you're talking about them with their friends and oh, sharing for sure. experiences with them. I would say them. before that. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, praying with them before they go to their little preschool class in the car and before they go to bed at night. And yes. So the next one is, we've talked about ideas, putting ideas about God into them. We've talked about experiences with God and then just putting in conversations involving God. You know, what are some questions you can ask your child throughout the day as, you know, in, in the car, you can ask them at home, you can ask them at bedtime. Just some things we talked about, you know, what did God do in your life? Today? Yeah, that's my favorite one. I mean, that is our go-to question all the time. What did God do in your life today? Um, where did you see God? Um, I just love that one because I love their answers. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so surprising to hear what they have to say. And at first, they may not know what to say when you first start doing it. And for sure. And so you might need to go first. Do you want to know what God did for me today? Mm-hmm. I was buying whatever it is, um, apples, and it was two for one. So I got two bags of apples. You know, God blessed me with these apples today. Or I almost got in a wreck and the next thing you knew I was in the next lane or whatever that is. And just sharing your God stories to lay the pathwork for them to go, Oh, okay. That's what she means by that. Yeah. Maybe what you're thankful for or, and and there are variations of it. You can say, you know, how did God show you how to serve somebody today? You know, or uh, what did you pray for today? And and like you were saying, what did you thank God for? Well, So I want to talk about that one for a second because you mentioned it. Um, So if you're having a hard time connecting your kid to God, thankfulness is a really easy, what I call back door. And it's to come in and you can say, um, so what did you have for lunch today? We had hamburgers. Did you like them? No. Did you like anything about lunch today? We had pudding. Oh, you did? What kind of pudding? Chocolate. Did you like it? Yeah, it was good. (gasps) Thank you, God, for chocolate pudding at lunch today. Yeah. You know, something like that. Did you, what did you do at recess today? We, we played a game. Was What kind of weather was it? Oh, it was the, the, the sun was out and there was a breeze. Oh, thank you, God, for a beautiful day. Right. And so it's so easy to use gratefulness as that connection to God from your kid because that's an easy thing to thank God for. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my room. Thank you for my stuffed animal. Thank you. you know, and so the next thing you know, now they're connected. And just a couple of points to wrap that point up is number one. Uh, I think it starts with us sharing experiences with God with them and they see the example. So many times parents, we always tell you it starts with you and it starts with what you do. And then, but what's happened in our family is, is that now for our kids, when they start a conversation, so many times I will have my, you know, sophomore son Maddox come to me and say, Hey dad, what's God doing in your life today? Yeah. So they flip it and they start to be trained in that, but it all starts with you parents. And then it becomes, and they ask them, they ask each other those questions too. And it becomes a part of your family. A a final note on that, that we uh, think is really good. Many times after church, you go to lunch. Well, what if you discuss, or, or maybe you're at home at lunch or whatever, maybe it's the next night or whenever you're at home next or 
What about just discussing the message? Hey, you know, if everybody was in listening to the message, um, what did you get out of the message? What were the key points? And that's when, if your kids are little, then what did you learn? And you're, what did they teach you? You know, what did you learn in your um, class that they taught? This is what we learned. This is what the pastor shared with us today. Yeah. And it really makes your kids feel like big people as well. And they feel like they're involved in something in an adult world. Well, it kind of sets the the pathway for them to pay attention next yeah. week when you go yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, yeah. And the teachers will be so grateful that your kid's not bouncing off the walls because they're listening. <laughs> yeah. Cause I got to tell my parents. Something. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm gonna talk to my parents well, about this. And it translates, uh, it transitions into our last um, point of just uh, how do you connect their personal relationship with God? Um, we talk a lot to parents about taking opportunities to tell your child what God thinks of them how much he loves and welcomes them. Parents, your child needs an identity that's consistent with Scripture. And that identity in Scripture is that God loves them no matter what. He's not mad at them. He thinks the world of them. They are unique. He created them just like he wanted them. He put them in your family for a purpose, all those things. Let me read a Scripture to you from 1 Peter 2.5. It says, You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are living stones. We are being created by God for a purpose. And well, I think if, know that. Yeah. And I think when our kids realize that, that they are literally the um, material that God is using to advance his kingdom and advance his purpose. They are the stone. They are, they are his choice to redeem the world that he's, you know, he's handpicked them for, I say all the time for such a time as this to do show his love to the world. I think when they start realizing that their purpose is greater than or bigger than that math test or that whatever it is that's coming up, then they, that's when they start connecting to God out of need. And what we found, parents, uh, some parents ask us a lot, oh, my five-year-old doesn't know Jesus. Should I be worried? It's like they, in grade school, your God, their God is your God. Right. But it's about. And it's it, kind of you. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that it's what, what you're doing, they're doing. So if you're loving Jesus, then they're going to see you loving Jesus. And that's going to transfer into their lives. But right now, they're just watching you. They're, they're, you're their example. But sometime in middle school, <clears throat> could be early, could be late, they're going to start to question their beliefs. And that's a normal process. And so at that, that point, you know, if you have invested in them and you've been talking about the things of God, it's a safe place and they're going to start asking you questions. That's very normal. And what we want to do in there is to, is to stop what we're doing and listen. When they start to ask questions about God, they start to share spiritual revelation or they see God at work in their lives. That's a time to, to, you know, I don't care what you're doing, get off your phone, do whatever, have those conversations because that's where the informal comes in. You never know when it's going to hit you from them. If you're developing that with them, all of a sudden, man, you know, I was talking to a friend and we started talking about Jesus or, you know, wow, that's great. What, tell me more about it. And, And, you know, shut down the phone and start to listen to them. And, and know that in this time period, when they're asking you questions, they're not really looking for an answer. They're really just 
working out their theology. And so if you will answer their question with a question, because of course you know the answers, you've worked it out. You're the parent now, you know Mm -hmm. your theology, but ask them, you know, mom, how big is God? How big do you think God is? You know, I think God's as big as the stars. Oh, I do too. I think he might even be bigger than that. How big do you think he is? Oh, you're right. You know, so that's how you respond with this time frame as they're trying to find their own way in middle school. Yeah. And, and maybe with a three-year-old, it's just asking why. They're, yeah, they're asking, you know, why is the world so big or why is this? And, you know, and, and Suzanne, you talk about this a lot, that they're just the younger kids. They're just building a database right. about their personal relationship with God. They're building a database of who God is. And we get to supply that by answering their questions and asking them, well, how do you, you know, even a three year old. Well, how big do you think God is? Well, I think God's really big. You know, I mean, they're, you know <laughs> yeah, that's right. That and, is. And a, so, yeah. And so they're going to say those things, you know, but and with this we want to put in them what's in romans 8 37 through 39 you know now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future nor any powers nor any heights or death nor anything else in our creation will be able to separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord what if parents your child believed that what, so powerful. What if your child believed that he was more than a conqueror? He was. Co- How do you get your kids to have confidence in their lives? It's not going to come from their self-confidence, their right. self-worth. And the world has no input on that whatsoever. It's all negative and just subtracting. It's going to come from the power of Jesus, yeah. that they are more than conquerors through Christ and that they will, nothing can separate them from the love of God. So I hope we've helped you today. We want to wrap up and do two things as we end. One is we've given you a lot of information. So first of all, don't think you have to do everything. You know, pick out some of these things that work for you and just go for it. Uh, Share with them things that try things out. Okay, this didn't work. Let's go do it again. Don't think of this as a two. Let's don't make our informal talk become formal in your lives. Don't think, oh my goodness, I've got to make a list. There's 18 things they told me to do and I have to do it by Thursday. It's not going to work. Pick out some things and really, how about you pray about it? and ask God where it would work best for you. And then just turn your spiritual eyes and ears open because God is faithful. And more than anything else, he wants to connect your kids to him, his kids to him, actually. And so you just need to listen to what the Lord has to say, because he'll he'll tap you on the shoulder. He'll say, hey, this is a moment. This is a, this yeah. is an opportunity. So pay attention and take it. And just remember, parents, it's informal. It's along the way. Deuteronomy 6 said. Yeah, that's what you don't get overwhelmed along the way. Sorry. And if you, and if you mess it up, you just do it again because you're going to mess it up and you're going to lecture too much and you're going to not ask the question, but you, it's a, it's a lifestyle that you develop. And I hope that over the course of the school year, we're going to pray for you this school year. Anybody that's connected with us, we're always praying for you guys and your families that this year would be a year that you would informally, um, connect your kids to God that when you look up next year you're going to say wow my kids have made strides in their connection with God in that relationship so um, hopefully we've given you some good insight into that it's worked for us and uh, we really believe it's going to work for you so go be crazy parents crazycoolfamily.com